So why don't you turn in your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Uh, here in just a few minutes, we will uh, read that entire chapter, so just hold your place there. Uh, today, uh, we are going to be looking at the story of Samuel learning to recognize and respond to the voice of God. While Samuel heard an audible voice from God, which is something that relatively few believers today have ever experienced, God still speaks to people today. It may not happen exactly the way it did for Samuel, but God still speaks to people today. And so there's much for us to gain from this story of Samuel learning to recognize the voice of God, much that we can apply to our own lives. If God does speak to people today, and he does, then learning to recognize his voice would seem like a very important thing for us to do. I mean, if you think about it, if, if you are considering whom you ought to marry, and God has something to say about that decision, you'd probably want to hear from God about that, wouldn't you? Some of you wish you had consulted God about that. No, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have said that. Uh, I take that back. I didn't mean to do that. If you're, <laughs> if you're having trouble in a relationship and uh, you just can't, can't seem to work it out, maybe it's trouble with a child, maybe it's trouble uh, with a parent, if God wants to speak into your situation and give you some, some insight, some guidance, I think you'd want to hear from God uh, about that situation. If God has something to say about where you ought to go to college or what career path you choose or whether or not you should start a small business. If God's willing to talk, wouldn't we want God's advice? Wouldn't we want God's counsel? If you're weighed down with guilt about something that you've done wrong, a, a sin in your life, maybe a habitual sin, if God is willing to speak a reminder of grace into your life, to directly communicate with your spirit and, and remind you of his love and his mercy and his grace, don't you want to get that message from him? If God wants to use you to speak encouragement into the life of another person, or if God wants to nudge you to pray, offer to pray for your server at the restaurant, or if God wants to clue you in that after years of being resistant, your next door neighbor is now ripe, and ready to have someone talk to them about Jesus. If God wants to send these messages, wouldn't we want to receive these messages from him? And so we may never hear an audible voice like Samuel. In fact, while I believe that does happen, I, I just have to tell you, I think it's extremely unlikely uh, that any of us ever hear an, uh, an audible voice from God. But God can still speak to us very directly and we can have a great deal of certainty that we are, in fact, hearing from him. Now, none of us hear God perfectly. We, we just don't. But through the story of Samuel, we can discover some very helpful guidance on recognizing God's voice. And though we may not ever hear him perfectly, we can grow. We can get better at recognizing when God's speaking to us. And we can, in part, get better if we'll take to heart some of the things that we can see today in the Scriptures, in the story of Samuel. So if you have your Bible and you're holding there 
at 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's a rather lengthy section, but I want to read the whole thing. Uh, So if you would, just follow along as I read it. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sins he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word, and Samuel's word came to all Israel. So chapter 3 opens by telling us that Samuel was ministering before the Lord under Eli. It also tells us that in those days, the word of the Lord was very rare. You know, we have this idea, I think, that in the Old Testament, people were just hearing from God all the time. And yet, this is a time where the Bible says the word of the Lord was very rare. Eli, in this story that uh, we read, is lying down to sleep, and Samuel is also lying down to sleep near where the ark of God uh, was. And then verse 4 tells us, then the Lord called Samuel. Here's the first thing that I think we need to know Uh, need to understand about learning to hear God's voice. We are more likely to hear God if we are being obedient to what we already know about God. As we read, 
Samuel does not yet recognize the voice of God when God first calls out to him. But he has already been obedient to what he knew to do. He's already obedient to what he does know about God. In chapter 2, which uh, we we did not read through, we were in chapter 1 last week, we learn about Eli's wicked sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And the writer contrasts their unfaithful lives with the faithful life of Samuel. Eli's sons, according to chapter 2, had no regard for the Lord. They stole from people who were coming to give sacrifices in the house of the Lord. They slept with the women who served at the entrance to the tent of meeting, basically the tabernacle. Verse 17 of chapter 2 tells us the sin of these men was, quote, very great in the Lord's sight. In contrast to those uh, young, young men, here's what chapter 2 tells us about Samuel. But Samuel was ministering before the Lord. While Eli's sons were stealing and fornicating, Samuel was ministering unto the Lord, ministering before the Lord, doing his duties faithfully. Verse 26 of chapter 2 says, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and the people. Now, guesses about Samuel's age vary, uh, but I think it's likely he was probably somewhere between 10 and 14 years uh, old at this time. He's just a young boy. He does not yet recognize the voice of God, and yet he's still serving. He's still doing what he knows to do, still being obedient to what he does know about God, and he is growing, the Scripture says, in favor with God. And all of this is in contrast to Eli's sons and even to Eli himself. Because Eli had failed to obey God. He he had failed to deal with his sons properly. He had permitted them to get away with their mistreatment of the people. And he had permitted them to get away with their contempt for the Lord's offering. He knew that his sons were displeasing God. But he chose to enable them rather than to obey his Lord. In chapter 2, we're told a man of God came to Eli and spoke to him on behalf of God. And one of the things he said in announcing judgment on Eli's house was this, why do you honor your sons more than me? By fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. No wonder we're told that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. I don't think it was so much that God wasn't willing to speak. It might not even have been so much that God wasn't speaking. It was that there wasn't anybody that was willing to listen. They weren't listening to him. Remember, this was a time when everybody did what was right in their own eyes. God wasn't speaking directly to Eli because Eli wasn't obeying what he already knew God wanted. Samuel, though, the Lord directly called Samuel. He directly spoke to Samuel. You want to hear the voice of God? Be obedient to what you already know about God. What you already know 
that God wants from you. Now, we have to be careful that we don't uh, take, uh, make absolutes out of things, you know, as if God can't or won't speak to us when we're in the midst of some sin. He graciously does. He spoke directly to the Apostle Paul while Paul was waging a war against the church. But we are more likely to have God speak to us, more likely to hear Him when He speaks to us, when we are being obedient to what we already know about Him. So if you're not hearing God's voice in your life, you're seeking direction from Him, but you're not finding it, consider if there is something that God wants from you, something you know He wants, something He's already communicated to you, or something that you just, you just know. You haven't felt any direct communication, but you just know this is something that would be pleasing to God. Something that you haven't obeyed yet and begin to offer obedience to God in that thing. The second lesson from the story of Samuel learning to hear God, if we're going to learn to hear God's voice, we need to be teachable. We need to be willing to listen to other people who can help us recognize and respond to the voice of God. Our text tells us that when the Lord first called Samuel, Samuel didn't recognize. He thought it was Eli, in fact. So he went into Eli and made himself available to serve Eli, and Eli informed him that he had not, in fact, called him. This happened the second time, as we read, with the same result. And then on the third time, we're told that Eli realized the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli instructed Samuel. He said in verse 9, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Eli instructed, and Samuel followed the instructions. Samuel returned to the place where he had been, and he laid down again. The Lord called him for the fourth time, and Samuel acted on Eli's advice, acted on Eli's teaching, and he said, speak, for your servant is listening. Samuel, even though he was faithful, even though he was growing in the favor of the Lord, he did not recognize that the Lord was speaking to him until Eli informed him that it was the Lord. And remember, this is a faithful young man. This is a dutiful young man, a young man ministering before the Lord, but he needed guided. He needed instructed, needed instructed by Eli to learn to recognize and respond to the voice of God. It's interesting that when God first spoke to Samuel, Samuel thought it was Eli. God uses familiar voices in our lives to help us learn to identify his voice. God uses people in authority in our lives to help us recognize the voice of God. And so if we want to learn to hear God's voice, we need to be teachable. Now think about this. Eli, we've just found out, had many faults and failures. In fact, judgment had been pronounced upon Eli's house. And yet God still used Eli to help Samuel. Samuel still needed to be teachable, even though Eli was a flawed teacher. We need to be willing to receive the help and guidance from others in learning to recognize and respond to the voice of God. 
Here in just a few minutes, I'm going to uh, ask a couple of folks that are part of our congregation to come up and share their experiences of learning to recognize the voice of God. And I encourage you, be open, be receptive, be willing to learn from their experience and the guidance that they can provide. So if you want to hear God's voice, be obedient to what you already know about God, be teachable. And the third thing is, place yourself in environments that are conducive to hearing God. Samuel's life was entirely centered in the house of the Lord at Shiloh. He was sleeping near the Ark of the Covenant, that that place where the presence of God dwelled. He was in close proximity to the things of God. Now, we've already acknowledged that God can speak to us in disobedience. And he can speak to us when we don't take this advice as well. But friends, I believe that we have a much better chance of hearing God if we place ourselves in the right environments. Let me just give you a few examples. You have a better chance of hearing God in morning prayer and meditation than you do while surfing the internet. You have a better chance of hearing God speak to you in your connect group meeting than you do while watching The Bachelor. If you watch The Bachelor, I'm very concerned about you. (laughs) I wanted to poke a stick in my eye just watching a commercial of it the other night. But no judgment. Don't feel any judgment. (laughs) You have a better chance of hearing God speak to you during a Sunday worship service than you do while sleeping in because you stayed up late Saturday night. You have a better chance of hearing God speak to you while serving others than while only serving yourself. Again, God can speak to us whenever and wherever He wants, but you're going to more consistently hear God speak if you place yourself in environments that are conducive to hearing Him. So choose those kind of environments. Choose prayer over the internet, at least sometimes. Choose home group over the bachelor. Choose worship over sleep. Choose serving others over serving yourself. And there are other examples of how this can be walked out. Uh, Some people find it much easier to connect with God when they're in nature. If that's... What works for you, if being in nature helps you to hear God better, make time for that. Get into that environment. Say, Brian, we live in Ohio. It's cold out. Some people have a special place in their homes that they find to be just a place where they're quieted and they can be relaxed and it's easier for them to pray and listen. If that's what works for you, then get into that environment. Uh, John Moriarty, the former pastor of the vineyard in Pickerington and uh, my former uh, boss, uh, he used to go once a week to a retreat center in Columbus, and he would spend four hours uh, at that retreat center every Wednesday morning. And it was because he had found that in that place, he could quiet himself. He, he could be uh, very peaceful and and just calm, and 
it was conducive to him hearing the voice of God. Intentionally put yourself in environments that are conducive to hearing God. What is it for you? Figure that out. Where do you hear God best? And then put yourself there. I will tell you that on Sunday mornings, the place you hear God best is here. So come here. But you are here, so... Be obedient to what you already know. Be teachable. Place yourself in good God-hearing environments. Then here's the fourth thing. It seems obvious, but be willing to listen. Once Samuel realized it was God speaking, he responded appropriately. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I'm attentive. I'm, I'm paying attention. You know, you can put yourself in a good environment for hearing God. But if you're in the right environment without being attentive, without being open to hearing, without truly quieting yourself and listening, then you're in a good place to hear God, but you're still not going to hear God. You've got to be willing to listen. You've got to be actively engaged in listening. Back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, There was a young man who applied for a job as a Morse code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office address that was listed. When he arrived, he entered a large, very busy office filled with noise and clatter, including the sound of the telegraph in the background. A sign on the receptionist's counter uh, instructed the applicants to fill out a form and wait until they had been called to come into the inner office. The young man filled out his form. He sat down with seven other applicants in the waiting area. After a few minutes, one of the applicants stood up, walked across the room, and went into the inner office. Naturally, the other applicants were concerned about this. They were wondering what had happened, why this person had gone in. They muttered among themselves that they had not yet heard any summons. They assumed that this young man had just decided to to kind of take control of the situation, uh, that that he just probably decided, I'm going to go in and try to show myself to be proactive, and they'll like this. And they were convinced that he had just disqualified himself because he had not followed directions. But within a few minutes, the employer escorted the young man out of the office, and he said to the other applicants, gentlemen, thank you very much for coming, but the job has been filled. The other applicants were very unhappy, began grumbling, began uh, speaking up. One of them said, wait a minute, I don't understand. He was the last one to come in. We never even got a chance to be interviewed. He didn't even follow instructions. This isn't fair. How did he get the job? The employer said, I'm sorry, but all the time you've been sitting here, the telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it or understood it. This young man did. The job is his. They were in the right place, but they weren't listening If you're going to learn to hear God's voice, we've got to be willing to listen, to really listen, to be attentive. We can't just be in the right place. We have to pay attention. 
like on Sundays. You can be in the right place, but if you're not engaged, you're not going to hear what God wants to say to you. You can be in your special retreat center, but if you're not engaged, if you're not actively listening, you're not going to hear what God has to say. And the final thing we learn from our text today, if we want to hear God's voice, we need to be willing to be obedient to what he tells us. So we started out by saying we need to be willing to to be obedient to what we already know. And now it is whatever new thing he says to us, we've got to be willing to act on. When Samuel finally said, speak for your servant is listening, God proceeded to tell Samuel, this young boy, that judgment was about to come on the house of Eli. Now imagine that being your first communication from God, direct communication. God says, I'm getting ready to judge your boss. That is quite a first communication with God. The next morning, we're told that Samuel was afraid to tell Eli what God had revealed to him. But Eli asked and he appealed that Samuel would not withhold the information. As we read, you you heard that he appealed very strongly. Verse 18 says, so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And then verse 19, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. Samuel passed the test of obedience. He was obedient to what God spoke to him, obedient to what God had said. And this was the pattern of Samuel's life. Obedience to direction given by God. Later in his life, God anointed the first king of Israel, Saul. Uh, uh, he, He anointed him because he was directed by God to do so. God spoke to him and said, this is the one. And Samuel obeyed. Later, God directed him to anoint David, the second king of Israel. And he did. And that story is actually quite fascinating to just see how Samuel responded to the voice of God. If you're familiar with the story, David's brother Eliab is presented before Samuel. And Samuel thinks to himself as this strapping young man is standing in front of him, surely the Lord's anointed stands before me. But then we read, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. So he thinks he's got the next king. But God speaks to him, this isn't the one. And then seven of David's brothers are brought before Samuel, and none of them receive the affirmation of the Lord. And then finally, when David appears before Samuel, the scripture says, then the Lord said to Samuel, rise and anoint him, this is the one. In the very next verse, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him. So God spoke, Samuel obeyed. That's the way that it was. That's the way that he lived his life, and that's the way it must be with us. If we want to hear God's voice, we've got to be willing to be obedient to what he says. Learning to hear God's voice. Be obedient to what you already know. Be teachable. Place yourself in environments conducive to hearing. Be willing to listen, and then be willing to be obedient to any new information 
that God gives you. Now, before we hear these testimonies today, I just want to briefly share four ways that God speaks to us. First of all, God speaks to us today through His Word, the Bible. Uh, you know, in, in uh, Samuel's day, they had the first five books of the Bible, maybe up to seven or eight, uh, but they certainly didn't have what we have today. We have the Word of God, the Bible. And here is where you start if you want to hear God's voice. Start by reading the Bible. It is the very words of God. You know, the Bible is attacked by critics both outside and inside the church, but their attacks don't change the simple truth that the Bible is the Word of God. The red letters are the Word of God. The black letters are the Word of God. From front to back, the whole thing is the Word of God. God moved on the hearts of many authors over hundreds and hundreds of years to write under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God cared enough to provide His Word to us in written form. So if we say that we want to hear the voice of God and we're not reading the Bible, we're not serious. So start here if you want to hear God. Read the Bible. And every other form of communication from God that we're going to mention here in just a second, it is all subject to the Bible. It all has to be tested against this means of communication. Everything else is very subjective. We're, we're feeling our way, but this, it's just it's plain. It's written. There it is. There's no question. This is the standard. So read the Bible if you want to hear from God. The Bible is infallible. The next way God speaks to us is not infallible, but God works through it. He speaks to us through leaders and teachers. Eli, as flawed and sinful as he was, was a leader and teacher in Samuel's life. And God used Eli to help Samuel recognize God's voice. You want to learn to hear God's voice. Be willing to submit what you think God is saying to you to a trusted leader or teacher. And be receptive to their guidance as they help you learn to discern the voice of God. An example of that happens occasionally here uh, at the church on Sunday mornings when a member of the congregation believes that, uh, that God has given them a message that's intended to be shared with everybody on, during the Sunday morning service. They will come to me. They will submit that uh, message to me. And as the pastor of the church, I help discern whether that is a message that God wants for the entire congregation. Now, my judgment on such matters is fallible. It is, it is imperfect, but I've been placed by God in the leadership of this local church, and so that's an appropriate role for me to play. Maybe you think that you're hearing God tell you something. Find a leader that can help you discern if it's God. The, a, a small group leader can serve this role. Uh, a leader of a ministry that you're serving in can uh, serve this role. An, an elder, a pastor. God speaks through leaders. He uses leaders to help people identify God's voice for themselves. The third thing, God speaks through other Christians. Someone doesn't have to be a leader, doesn't have to be a teacher in the church for God to use them to help you learn to hear the voice of God. Any Christian with experience in hearing God's voice and responding 
learning to understand what God's voice sounds like in their lives, any Christian who responds to what God says, and they've had some confirmation over the years that they're beginning to hear God right, they can help. They can help you learn to hear God, to recognize when He's speaking, and to respond in obedience. And finally, and this is the one that we've largely had in view throughout the message today, God speaks directly to us. He speaks to us through His Word. He speaks to us through leaders, through other Christians. But God speaks directly to us. He speaks to our spirits. It's mysterious. It's hard to explain. It doesn't look like what we've seen in the story of Samuel always. It's rarely an audible voice, but it's real, and it can be unmistakable. It's when you sense God telling you to speak an encouraging word to someone, even though you don't have any knowledge of them being discouraged. It's when God directs you to pray for someone on the other side of the congregation. It's when God tells you to give someone a call, and later you find out, that they had been praying to God, asking that He would show them that somebody cared about them. It's when you've done something that displeases God, but it's escaped your attention. You haven't been clued in to the fact that you're displeasing God, and then seemingly out of nowhere, God speaks to you and reminds you of this area of disobedience in your life. It's when during your prayer time you begin to sense that God is calling you to step up and serve in ministry and you keep trying to avoid the message, but you just can't escape the belief that this thought is coming to you from God himself, that it's actually God communicating. God speaks to us directly. We don't hear perfectly, but he does speak and we can hear, we can recognize him We can obey Him, and we can get better at learning to hear His voice, at recognizing His voice. It is about this direct communication from God that I've asked a couple of people in our congregation to come and share about their experience. I've asked them to share how they experience God speaking to them, so how they learn to distinguish when it's God speaking and when it's just their own thoughts. Of course, these things are rather difficult uh, to explain. And I've asked them also to just share like what it's like, what it, what it feels like, what the experience is like. And um, so they're willing to share their experiences of hearing God's voice. And so I'd ask you to open your hearts to receive what they have to say, uh, the things that God may want you to learn from them, the guidance that he may want you to provide uh, through their experience. So uh, I've asked Adele Tenen and Ben Yee to share about this today. So I'm going to ask Adele to go first. And uh, then Adele, when you're finished, you can just give the microphone uh, to Ben. Uh, Brian's given me a nearly impossible and an impossible task. Nearly impossible to communicate these things in English language to people and impossible to do so in three to five minutes. Um, one of the things I'm excited about is as I've listened to the sermon, which I had no clue what he was going to preach on, I see that God gave me a lot of the same sorts of things that Brian just told us, so I can presume we were both hearing God. Um, I believe firmly that God desires to speak 
is attempting to speak to us. But step number one, we have to be wanting to hear what he has to say. And in order to do that, we have to establish a relationship. So in my own life, um, I first of all had to come to the place where I was willing to surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Once that relationship was established, then I had to grow in that relationship. And I immediately upon accepting Christ set aside all my psychology books and things of the past and immersed myself in the Bible. I have read the Bible cover to cover countless times. Um, and including, I mean, on top of that, devotional books, after I really got a handle on a lot of things in the Bible, I expanded into other Christian writers, and I've continued that practice for well over 30 years. So I continue reading the Bible, soaking in the Bible, and attending Bible studies. You can read the Bible cover to cover. I did before I was saved, but I got nothing out of it because I did not know how to understand and interpret it, and I didn't have the Holy Spirit to illuminate it for me. So reading it alone by yourself, isn't enough. You also need to to, um, place yourself in a position where teachers who understand hermeneutics, which is proper interpretation, can help you understand what the Bible is saying. Um, So I grew in my relationship through attending church, through reading the Bible, through attending Bible studies, through attending classes, through being in a discipleship position with those who had been Christians and knew the Lord well and could mentor me. Um, I'm not going to make it, I'll tell you right now. Um, And um, also I began, I felt very drawn to prayer, and I began to attend a lot of prayer groups. Um, Anytime there was one available that I could attend, I was there. So I began to grow in my prayer life. And step three, then I had to learn to trust the relationship that had been established and in which I was growing. I had to learn to trust that what I was hearing uh, really was from God And it really was something you wanted me to do something with. So tuning your ears to hear God's voice involves listening, obeying, and then being either affirmed or corrected um, by stepping out in obedience and being willing to suffer the failure and also knowing that God's grace is big enough to cover your mistakes. And um, that's a hard one for me because I'm really hard on myself, but... The world has kept turning, even when I've really blown it. Um, So if you will listen and hear God and then step out in obedience and take risks and then have that confirmed, there's nothing in the world like thinking you're hearing God and taking the risk to do what he's telling you to do and finding that it's exactly what that person needed, what they needed to hear, what they needed to have someone do. There's nothing as fulfilling and satisfying as that, which then spurs you to listen more and hear more and obey more so you can get a positive spiral going, and that's what we're after. I have never heard an audible voice of God. Um, I believe that the absolute greatest aid in my being able to hear God was receiving my personal prayer language, which also in the Bible is called speaking in tongues, not to be confused with the message in tongues that's given to the corporate body. Talk to me afterwards if you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't have time to go into it. Speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. Those are all terms that are used. I do that a lot. I do it continuously. I do it daily. I do it through worship time. If you see my mouth moving and you think... Just remember, Hannah, no, I'm not drunk. Yes, I'm praying. And if I just want to say also, if I have offended any of you by acting like I don't even see that you're there, it's because I'm in the prayer zone. I do a lot of praying on Sunday morning. And honestly, 
I'm, I may not even be aware that you're there. I'm praying. But um, I don't mean to slight anybody. I'm not an unfriendly person. I'm really a pretty nice person, I think. So, And one other thing. When I'm up here ministering, I'm in prayer. And I, that's not my phone. But it could be God calling. Um, I'm in prayer. I turn mine off, so he's calling Stan. Um, <laughs> I, I'm aware. No, it's not. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware that who is like unto God. Look, this took some of my time, so I get a few more seconds. Um, I am aware that I can look very grim and very intense when I'm praying. And sometimes I'm up here thinking, I really should be smiling. Nobody's going to come to me for prayer because I'm really trying to hear God. But forgive me for that. Some ways that I hear God, um, sometimes he shows me pictures, sometimes he gives me a scripture, sometimes he'll give me a song or a chorus, sometimes I just get a word, sometimes I get a phrase, sometimes I have an actual word of knowledge, God will show me things that I have no way of knowing about a person and it will be confirmed that yes, in fact, that is an issue in their life. Sometimes I get a word of wisdom, I get prophetic words, those are gifts of the spirit. I would say, by and large, God um, speaks to me through what I would call impressions, it's not whole um, articulate thoughts. It's just an impression. I also feel a lot of what's going on in somebody else. So I can feel their fear or feel their shame as if it's my own. So those are ways God speaks to me. Um, it's been crucial in me learning to distinguish the voice of God. Hearing God isn't the issue. God speaking, we can hear him. The issue is knowing when it's God. There are three voices in my head. One is the devil, one is my own, and one is God's. I don't want to listen to the devil, and I don't want to listen to myself. I want to hear God. So you've got to know. You've got to know the enemy. You've got to know yourself, and you've got to know God in order to be able to distinguish those, those voices. So I encourage you um, to get to know all three of those voices and how they sound. In my head, they sound very different. They come from different motivations. They, um, they feel different. There's a different tone to them. And they certainly bear very different fruit. So um, I'm over time, but I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> and there were disruptions. <laughs> Thanks, Adele. No, I, I will, uh, I'll just be flexible. Um, so, yeah, I, Brian asked me to share about hearing God's voice, and uh, hearing God's voice is just a really important part of my relationship with God. I want to say that, you know, I, I, it's like I can't really envision what life would be like, what, what a relationship with God would be like without kind of having some sort of, of dialogue with Him. And I don't hear His voice all the time, um, but, but it's there. It's a part of um, that relationship. And for me, starting to hear God's voice happened early on, um, even actually before I was even a Christian. Um, I was, I was, I heard, I feel like I heard God speak to me. And uh, I was, it was when I was probably about eighth or ninth grade, and uh, I was reading through um, the Gospels. Um, I've been getting into philosophy and uh, religious um, ideas, and, and just really, you know, you know, thought, oh, Jesus, I never thought about him being a philosopher. Um, and so I, I read through, um, it was like three Gospels in one sitting, and uh, I was just really captivated. The, the teachings of Jesus were just jumping off the page to me, because I'd been looking for truth. That's, that's why I'd been getting into philosophy. And so when I started looking at these teachings of Jesus, I thought, wow, this is 
this is incredible. This is what I've been looking for. And, uh, and it just was just jumping off the page. Um, Jesus' teaching made more sense than any of the other philosophers I had read. And uh, the truth was just something that drew me in. And um, after I had read these passages, I just sat down. I was like, oh, wow. And uh, it was like a mental roller coaster for me of eureka moments and, uh, you know, um, taking in new things. And, um, and so I, I believed that there was a God. Um, I, I, I believe there was a God. I think that's, I feel like that's self-evident from the creation. Um, but I didn't know who he was. And, um, and I believed also, by extension, if, if there is a God, then surely he wouldn't create us all and then not have any desire to interact with us. Surely God has a desire to interact with us. And so I, I said, well, I'm, I'll just lift, I decided to lift up a prayer and I said, I, um, I lifted, up, I lifted up a prayer and I said, you know, God, I want to know who you are. Um, I want to know who, who you are. And, and is this, you know, is this who you are? And uh, I want to know what's true. And there was a voice that said that this, the, the, the Bible the, the, uh, and the teachings of Jesus, that it was true. It wasn't an audible voice. Um, it wasn't even a voice that spoke with words. Um, it was more like getting a spiritual, the best way I can describe it, is getting a spiritual blast of uh, purity and freshness. Um, that's, that's how I would describe it. Um, and, and, and though it was this, though God was not even putting words necessarily into my mind, um, I knew what, what this spirit, spiritual, the spiritual force was saying to me. And, uh, and he was saying that this is who I am, and this is true. And uh, I hear God speak to me periodically, but uh, God's voice isn't always like that one experience I had early on. Um, most often, God speaks to me um, when I'm reading the scriptures. And uh, Brian reiterated that. Adele reiterated that. I'm reiterating that again. Scripture, scripture, scriptures. Um, that uh, they're really important. And um, when I'm reading the scriptures, I'm asking God, how, God, how do you want to change me? How do you want me to live differently? And uh, usually he'll, he'll bring something to mind. Not, not every time, but sometimes it comes and, and it's, uh, it's pretty strong. Um, during the day, a scripture will come to mind that I'd read earlier, and it'll apply to something going on in my life. And some people say, oh, that's just coincidence, that's just your mind, um, you know, making connections or whatever. Whatever it is, God is, is sometimes it's, it's just like so something I hadn't even considered before, that to me, it, it, it feels undeniably God. Um, and if, if something like that hits me with strength, that's how I'm describing it. It's like the spiritual strength, um, this weight almost, then I uh, can feel pretty, pretty certain that it is from God, something God is trying to say to me. Um, usually it's either conviction, it hurts to the core, it's like, oh, and it's like deep inside yourself, and you just feel like... Oh, you know, I, I just feel I just feel horrible, and and it's it's not even like emotional. It's like to the core of who you are. Um, you know, you just feel this conviction. Um, sometimes it's not conviction. Sometimes it's like a eureka moment um, where the truth of God or the presence of God brings a, a sense of freedom um, from something. You know, it's like you're you've been focused on something. You know, I, I like to describe it as like you know you've been striving and longing and striving for something, and uh, and then God comes along and says, Ben. This is what you need, and it's right here. You don't need to strive for it. And then there's just this lifting, this uh, this freedom that comes from it. Um, and I and I would I would str- I would recommend that if you're struggling to hear God, you have to give Him time to speak. 
Um, you got to give them time. You know, <laughs> there was, uh, I was I was inviting the teens to do this one time at youth group. I said, "This week, go and and try to try to carve out, you know, even just like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, and just don't don't have any expectations, but just just go out and uh, ask God to tell him tell him that you want to know him." <laughs> and I asked this one girl afterwards, you know, the next week, and and hey, did you did you get a chance to go out somewhere and pray to God? And she said, "No." She ran outside real quick, came back after like three minutes, and said, "And I was like, well, how did that go?" And and she was like, "I was feeling it, but I thought." Good grief, three minutes. That's not a lot of time. Um, you got to be patient um, with God. He's the God of the universe. We can wait on him, right? Um, you know, so um, you also need to know the truth in the scriptures because that is the main way to distinguish if something is true from God or if it's from somewhere else. And Adele talked about this. Um, that is just so, that is indispensable to, to kind of having this sort of hearing from God relationship because there will be other voices, like Adele said, and uh, and what's been most helpful for me is I just, you know, reading the, reading the Bible. If, it's, if, it's, if it jives with the Bible, then it could be from God. If it doesn't jive, it's definitely not, no matter how much peace or how much whatever I feel, it's definitely not from God. Um, and that way I can kind of sense um, in life these different things that come to mind, these impressions, um, these, these thoughts that come to mind, I can sense, well, which ones are definitely not from God. I, a little process of elimination. And the other ones, um, there is, there's a discerning process. And as you, as you go through it, I think you just become more familiar with knowing um, what is truly from God and what's not. Um, God speaks to different people in different ways. Some people see pictures or visions. Some people hear something more like words. Um, you know, in their minds, I, you know, I've never, like Adele said, never heard audibly um, this, the uh, voice of God. But I have heard God in a way that I knew for sure, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that this was not me. This was something spiritual, and, uh, and I knew it to be the God of the universe, um, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Um, uh, for me, when God speaks, it shows me, he shows me some sort of dynamic or some sort of important factor um, in a situation uh, or something that I haven't been considering. Um, that's often kind of how he speaks to me. It's hard to describe. Um, hearing, God, hearing God's voice is the most thrilling part of living the Christian life. Um, you can have a relationship with God where the God of the universe directs your life. And he doesn't direct everything. Sometimes people want to, you know, you're, you're trying to make a job decision. And you're waiting on God, and he doesn't say anything. And that's just going to be the way it is sometimes. Sometimes there's, he's, he's leaving it up to you and your wisdom to make that decision, uh, the wisdom he's given you. Uh, but sometimes he's going to speak and, and redirect um, or direct you one way or the other. Um, you have to want it. You have to seek him. You have to be open to him. You have to be patient with him. But if you are, I have no doubt that you will be hit by a blast that is really hard to describe and uh, so hearing God for me always starts with the scriptures. Um, God has spoken, and he will continue to speak through the words in the Bible. So I would encourage you, get into the scriptures, be open to it, um, have that patience, and, uh, and seek him. That's what, that's what the Bible keeps telling us. Uh, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you, you have, to, you have to, to desire him. And when you desire him... Um, he is ready there to be with you and to speak with you. And so that's my, that's my testimony. Thanks, Ben, and thanks, Adele. Why don't you guys stand?